right, people. Let's start at the beginning one last time. My name is Gwen Stacy. I was bitten by a radioactive spider. And for the last two years, I've been the one and only Spider-Woman. You guys know the rest. Welcome back to a stark contrast where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your host, Jeffrey. And I. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Hello. Everybody, hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lovely Sunday evening. Yes. Uh, we're embarking on yes. something we've only done once before. A journey, for a sure. A journey yeah. of a double, double-decker recording. I know. Back to back. Back to back, baby. Real podcast. Like, actually, do They record so many episodes in one day. Yeah, that's very true. So, technically, we're just doing a regular <laughs> day's work. We're just performing at average. Yeah, but the yeah. way our schedules work out, yeah. this is Woo. very much needed. Very so, because yeah. I will be out of the country starting next. By the time you this episode releases, yeah. I will be out of the country. Yeah. Um, so dear future self, <laughs> hope you're I, having a blast. I hope so. I hope you get some sleep on a yeah. 16 hour flight. Woo! Um, but yeah, the yeah. time you guys listen to this, I will be out. So that's why we had to do, uh, yeah. a packed a double. double filled day today yeah. to but get everything ready. You know what though? Speaking of international travel, I have to give a shout out because, okay. I don't know about you, Jeff, but <laughs> My my titas and titos yes. across the pond, uh-huh. and so for for those of you who are not Filipino, our aunts and uncles, we have a, a group family chat on Facebook Messenger, right? Oh my god! I don't I don't reply most of the time because it's ninety percent, ninety eight percent in in you know Tagalog, yes. native language, yes, yes. And so I can barely read it, but I can understand it. Yes. <laughs> but I do have an, a single aunt who I want to to shout out, Tita oh. Baby. She every Filipino everybody. has a Tita Baby. Oh every, my god! A Tita Baby and a Tita Boy. Every <laughs> Every, yes. every Filipino, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> and so my Tita Baby, well, she is a listener of the show. Uh-huh. And she's very oh, much, wow. she doesn't know any, Anything. She, she's familiar with certain characters because okay. of the movies, sure. but she doesn't know how any of this goes and, and she often remarks about it. But it's so cute because she'll just, you know, at random. Just bring it up. She'll bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, ah. <laughs> and so I wanted to shout her out. And also, uh, I have a couple of cousins in there who all also listen. Woo. And um, my cousin Lawrence said, nerdy cousins assemble. Wow. And I have to say that on yes. mic. <laughs> so thank you yes. for that, Kuya. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so so hopefully your trip will be swell. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, hello to all the Filipino fans, et cetera, Woo. et cetera. Um, so do you want to just roll right into it? Let's do from it. There? Okay, let's we got go. A, we got a hefty episode, <laughs> I know, today. We do. And so uh, before we get too far into the weeds here, um, wanted to share some news from my day job. <laughs> Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County is starting a new program, which is an annual program called First Fridays. And so it's essentially exactly what that sounds like. It's every first Friday of the month, starting in February... Um, and so this season, I got to be part of uh, the programming, like uh, concept brainstorming. Yes. And so they actually came up with a really fantastic idea of focusing on fandoms and and fantasy for this season. So uh, every first Friday, February through 
through June, they're going to have different kinds of topics that appeal to different fandoms. If you're a Jack, Jack or Jane of all trades and you love all things sci-fi or fi uh, fiction, this season is going to be so fun. Um, so it starts February is Dragon's Lore and More. So if you're Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, uh, Lord of the Rings, any of that good stuff, that's that's the, the event for you. Uh, March is Witches, Wizards, Magical Powers. We're talking Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, Kind of Wednesday, Harry Potter, if you will. I mean, April is Space Time and Beyond. So if you're a space nerd, you love NASA, Space Odyssey, any of that stuff, that's that's the one to go to. Will Neil deGrasse Tyson be there? <laughs> I think he's on the wish list, but I, I you know, can't <laughs> confirm anything. Um, May is all about giant monsters and giant robots. And you know where that's coming from. That's Gojira. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. and like Iron Giant and uh, you know Sentai and all that good stuff. Yeah, and then last but not not least, June will all be about all things superhero. Woo! So Marvel, DC, etc. Wow. Yeah, and so there might be some news to share later on down the line. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> if you're in or around the Los Angeles area, please check it out nhm.org/slash/firstfridays, and uh, it'll be a good time. Um, next on the docket. So we have new Patreon Patreon swag. Uh, I posted a video on Instagram and I believe, oh, actually all of our social, maybe not Twitter, but, um, we have a reusable bag that's got the awesome logo that Cody created for us. Um, basically anybody contributing $3 or more uh, via Patreon will get a couple of these free in the mail free from us. Uh, so if you'd like to get in on that exclusive swag, please uh, check out our link in bio or link in the show notes to become a supporter of the show. We'd really love it. And then the mini Marvel. So <laughs> immediately after this episode, we're recording our next mini Marvel. Thankfully, it actually aligned. We didn't have to move anything around. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, tune in in a couple of weeks after this episode drops. It'll be right on schedule. Um, thanks for, again for your questions. Um yeah, it's going to be a good one. And then last but not least, <sighs> so giveaways. I wanted to do giveaways during the holidays and I completely dropped the ball because I'm so busy. Oh, no, it's fine. So I pitched, <laughs> I pitched this to Jeff before we started recording. And so this episode onward until I run out of stuff, which could take a very long time. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. I want to clear out the garage. Um, <laughs> we're going to launch something cool. So so later on in this very episode and the episodes to come, I'll mention a swag giveaway somewhere, maybe in the middle, maybe closer to the end. Maybe it's after I finish the statement. I don't know. But <laughs> the first person to message us with the keyword mentioned, and if you message us on in Instagram or, or Twitter, give us the code word, you win the prize. Yes. Simple as that. And so... Um, you know what? Just just to kind of give people an example of what I'll be giving away for this episode, it pertains directly to the character in which we are discussing. And so I'm looking at a Spider-Man, Maximum Venom, Ghost Spider, Hasbro, Marvel Legends. Marvel Legends um, figure. Yeah, it's a figure and it's got a Build-A-Figure for, for the Venom pool. Um, so if you want that for free... Just keep on listening, and it could be yours. Yeah, and it's first come, first serve. I only got one. There's so. timestamps in the DMs too, so we, <laughs> exactly. can, we can we can tell who was first. <laughs> exactly. Don't try to get sneaky. Exactly. So don't <laughs> don't try to get fly with this. Okay. So we got this. Okay. That said, 
a reminder, we're not experts. We don't claim to be. We're just a couple of nerds nerding out. And today we're going to nerd out hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that I was prepared. <laughs> I was telling Di before I got here. I was like, I know today's going to be a doozy. Doozy. <laughs> doozy doesn't even cover it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So this is the only character so far that we've needed, that we've had, let alone needed a part two for, aside from Peter Parker. But even then, so go, let me let me backtrack. Because, I mean, Peter Parker, we covered Peter Parker. We just have so much to say about Peter Parker yeah. that we wanted a part two. Yes. This character, there was genuinely so much about her, uh-huh. shockingly, some, that we had to split it up into two episodes. And makes so, sense, yes. Yeah. I know how vast of a character yeah. she is. So it's like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so uh, thankfully, thankfully we, we kept this portion of this version of the character in our back pockets and it worked out because today's character study is none other than my baby girl, Gwen Stacy, a.k.a. Spider-Woman, a.k.a. Ghost Spider, but better known as spider gwen yes 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 so jeff made a great point and i did stumble upon this (laughs) (laughs) this last night when i was finishing up my research but we just did two back-to-back Haley steinfeld like love episodes i mean (laughs) if anyone deserves it right she does (laughs) she does which is kind of wild if you think about it because you know like it's People, you know, it's like the the old revival of like seeing a familiar face come into another role. And so this yeah. one is kind of backwards because Haley was Gwen first and then she became uh, Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's funny because I don't really think about it even now. We mentioned this in our last episode, which was Kate Bishop. So um, without further ado, let's get into it. Created by... One of my best friends in the whole wide world, Robbie Rodriguez, as well as the best person I know, Rico Renzi and Jason Latour. This character's first appearance uh, occurred in Edge of the Spider-Verse number two, September 2014. That is very new. Incredibly new. Not even 10 years. Yeah, no, not even. uh, Yeah, and she's not even close yet. She's still like, uh, she's about eight. She's going nine. Yeah. This this September will be nine years. And so... um, you know, the, it could be argued that this character had a first appearance before that official issue because um, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but we do have a cameo situation. And so... Before her first like, bef- official yeah, appearance? Yeah, because uh, let me tell you, you know, when they first released the previews of uh, what would become... Edge of the Spider Verse is where they 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 started to reintroduce and introduce these new characters that were going to come along yeah. for this gigantic arc. And so five spiders had five issues, and so um, they released character sheets of like, okay, this is what this character is going to look like, etc., etc., etc. And so when they dropped the Spider Gwen one, yeah, let me tell you, the internet blew up, really blew up because it was just I don't know if it was like equal parts great timing or just something so fresh so new so different and also the added value that this is also canonically a character that they've tried to revive in oh, different really? ways oh, wow. yeah like you know they, like we we kind of kind of touched on it on our, our original gwen stacy episode in that the clones there was a clone yes and they you know the like clones. They just, <laughs> yeah, clones were for the longest time like writers resolve to revive a character or a classic character, but it really wasn't until the, the, this rebirth of, of 
a character and, and especially Gwen Stacy that I feel like it really hit like the, the mark, like precisely, so precisely that everybody was just across the board was like five stars, five stars. This character's costume is incredible. Uh-huh. Can't wait to see more. It's so non-conventional. And so um, with, with the character sheet, she was actually drawn into a an issue, the first issue, the first issue of Hawkeye versus Deadpool. There was a, a wow. yeah. <laughs> It's an incredibly great title. It's pretty fun. It's well-drawn. Great story. Um, but yeah, it's Hawkeye and Deadpool teaming up against... That would be a dream. Against, yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, against Black the Black Cat, if you can Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, it was so good. And it was like during her like super duper villain stage. And so she was still kind of slapsticky funny, but she was doing actual bad things. Yeah. And so uh, it's the two of them against her. But, but there is a Halloween scene. And I'll bring it up for you right here. And right there, right at the top of the page, first the first half of the page. Oh wow. There's a solid Spider Gwen cameo. With um with with Jane Foster. With Jane Foster and Thor, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that is technically her first appearance, but you know, like we've learned in our Yelena Belova episode, that doesn't necessarily mean it's her first appearance. It's it's a cameo. Yeah. Because you don't know her by name. They don't say her name. You're just like, as a reader... Who is that? Yeah, who is that? Or so funny. if you've seen it, you're like, oh, God, they put Spider-Gwen in it. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah, so <laughs> so otherwise, uh, the character's first appearance was, yeah, Edge of the Spider-Verse number two. So she got the second issue um, of this particular miniseries, which, again, introduced the spiders that would be uh, main players in the Spider-Verse storyline. And so... Uh, Believe it or not, I have a couple of issues. <laughs> couple I'd be disappointed if you didn't. I know. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I was looking at, at at the prices last night, I was like, holy crap, I really need to get this stuff graded. Um, so, oh my God. The highest you'll find on Shortboxed right now. Let's hear it. CGC 9.8. That's signed. Very high. It's pretty high. <laughs> yeah, especially for 2014. It's not so uncommon, but it is high. It's not perfect. Um, a, a copy on Shortboxed, uh, signed by Jason and Robbie, goes for about three grand. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Eight and a half year old character. Um, whereas the on eBay, you can get a CGC 9.8 for $4,000. Okay. Not signed. Uh, okay. And then the lowest uh, Shortbox CGC 9.8, grand and a half. Uh, whereas on eBay, you can get a CGC 7.8. I don't know what they did to it, but you must have not taken care of that. It's it's not hard. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to see it go down to a 7.0 is kind of crazy, but it's it's graded. It goes for about $610. And then if you wanted a Lucy of this uh, of this issue on eBay, I did find that there are a couple, but the, the lowest appears to be $550. Don't do it. <laughs> First gosh. of all, you can get it cheaper, to be perfectly honest. Um, at conventions, you could probably get it for two, maybe 300 bucks. Yeah. Uh, 550 is a little steep, if you ask me. That is. But, you know, that's that's if you really can't get to any shows or anything. But uh, for, for Jeff's enjoyment, I have five copies. <laughs> <laughs> right here. <laughs> and so I got to tell you, you know, buddy, like I, I think I mentioned it in a previous episode in that 
Gwen Stacy, I feel like, okay, variants were a thing, right? Like variant yeah. covers, A and B, great, that's normal. Yes. Sometimes C. Let me tell you, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody listening, but Gwen Stacy really popped the lid off of that because this issue alone, uh huh. these are five different editions. Oh, that wow. That means it was printed ad nauseum because it was so freaking popular. So I have them signed by all three because that's who I am. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, so so the CJC 9.8 that's only signed by Jason and Robbie is three grand on Shortboxed. I have my pal Rico on there. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and I have a certificate of authenticity on the back. So. Ooh. Ooh. This is easily 10K. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? And so that's the first, that's the second, and they go in order. They go into different oh color. Oh, my God. They go into, yeah, the different color variations. That's the character it's sheet. L- it's literally yeah. five different. Five different of the same issue, but different covers. And yeah. so that that was their resolve of, like, presenting, okay, well, here's this really popular book that was printed, and we've run out, so it's going to print again. And uh, Bro, she has authenticity <laughs> from all three. <laughs> Signed by all three. Yeah. And also the certificate of authenticity. And the date, right? Yeah. Yeah. A a witness signature. Yep. And then the three uh, creators. (laughs) Exactly. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I tell you. She just handed this to me, guys. I just want to let you guys know. She just handed me this. Yeah, it's wild. I'm holding at least five grand. Five (laughs) grand in here. Yeah. And that's just the one issue. So you times it by... Five, maybe five thousand, and then two thousand. Touching this, <laughs> get this, this out of my face. Like, get it out like, of my face. This is like about ten grand. <laughs> this is maybe ten grand easily. Right here. Easily, and so that's that's crazy. Um, so I gotta gotta ask because I am I am curious. Is this your first exposure to the? Is is the film, the animated film, your first exposure to that character? I. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse for sure has really? to be. Yeah, so you did never saw her in anything else? No ads, no games, nothing like that? Was she in a couple, like, like, like fighting games, like arcade games? Not arcade games, although I gotta say, Robbie literally just yesterday sent me this mod for Ultimate, was it Ultimate? Marvel vs. Yes, Capcom yes, 3? Yes, 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 yes. Holy shit. <laughs> it was so cool. I was like, "Oh my god!" Imagine if they actually did put her in a game. She basically was Spider Man. Oh, because cooler. she oh because she got introduced in twenty fourteen. So yeah, yeah, it had because Into the Spider Verse came out in twenty seventeen eighteen twenty. Oh, sorry, yeah, it is definitely twenty seventeen for sure, not twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, twenty seventeen. I think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that has to be because then that's when. I mean, that's when I started like just getting into just mm. at least the, the Spidey verses. Right. So do you remember? what your first thoughts were she's quippy because <laughs> uh, i think the first time you see her in, in the spider-verse is when they're breaking out of the facility right yep. and she lands on the tree mm-hmm. and miles is like struggling to figure as a out spider that's the first time we see her as a spider oh, as a spider that's uh-huh. right we see her much earlier than that oh god classroom classroom he walks yes. in and he's like oh and then she she's the only person that laughs at his joke oh and she's like, sorry, it was just like really quiet in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's very yeah, quippy. She's very That's quippy. like my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I just absolutely loved it. Um, and, you know, of course, listener question right off the bat from Instagram, Ariel team, I thank you so much. What were your first impressions of this character? So, so yeah, she was quippy. Did you, did you, did you 
think anything beyond like she's cool <laughs> yeah i think yeah, so yeah. she had she carried herself a certain way for sure yeah were you like who is this yeah for, yeah. yeah i think i remember when i first saw that trailer and like i think it was at the end of that first trailer where she kind of like yeah you're like oh who? hey yeah. guys yeah. yeah like you're like ooh. now like, did you think back to emma stone or even Bryce Dallas Howard at that point? Or were you just like... Uh, at that point, no. I don't oh, think really? so. No yeah. correlation, huh? See? That's no, That's no. an interesting thing. I didn't. Yeah, most people, I feel like... No, even if people know both of them, yes. which is why this episode being divided as it is from the original character feels so organic, is that a lot of people hold her as her own character. She's, she's Gwen Stacy, but she's not Gwen Stacy. If that makes any sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, so I, I totally feel that. Um, I'll tell you when I first saw it, because I, I saw, you know, like I just mentioned, I saw the character, um, the character art, the, the, the concept costume, art? the concept art. Okay. That drop. Oh my god! Let me tell you. I remember <laughs> I was in this kitchen, <laughs> on that you know breakfast bar uh-huh. on my computer, and I think I was doing some work, and then. I, you know, I was looking on, on Twitter and it popped up and I was like, what? Cause yeah, I was already a very big Gwen Stacy fan yes. in general. I was like number one of like 23 at the time <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, like forever, she's my forever girl. And so when it popped up and I was like, this is a crazy outfit. Like that's, that's dope. Like, cause you've never seen an all white spider. Like you don't see a white spider. Ah, okay. Traditionally, I feel like if you saw the costumes of all the Spider-Men and Spider-People in the comics, yes. 90% of them are going to be red and blue. Yes. Because tradition. Yes. And so when she popped up looking like she looked <laughs> and they had preview pages from this Edge of Spider-Verse number two, uh-huh. immediately I was like, no way, dude. Like she's got short hair. She kind of resembles the traditional version, but she's like wearing shorts with fishnet stockings. She's kind of punk. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. And she was immediately into music. And I was like, oh my God. Like, like they got it. Like <laughs> it, they got they got it. It was like, it did everything for me in that moment. And I was like, man, it's not even out yet. And I love it already. And so I immediately was like, I, I, called up one of my friends that was really good at she's a seamstress and I was like I need to cosplay this character (laughs) I don't know anything more about her but here's what she looks like if you think we can do this I have some ideas on how we can structure it like I would love you like to help me with this and she did and I ended up being what Robbie calls is the official first spider Gwen ever but I think I'm number two but I we I rolled up to Comic Con in that costume seven days after they showed the first picture. Wow! And so I have all these crazy pictures. I have pictures with Dan Slott and Nick Ooh. Lowe, who is, who was the editor for the book. Um, they were like, "Whoa, you're so fast!" I was like, "Oh my god, I loved it!" You know, like I couldn't. I it immediately struck a chord in me uh, for various reasons, and so. Um, you know, to, as we'll go through this episode, talking about this character and the journey that she not only has, but like I've had with her, Yes, it's like, so it's so incredibly special and she's so genuinely precious to me that like, I defy anyone to not love this character yeah. as much I, as I do. I love, I love the, the hood part of her yeah. costume. It's she so brought cool. the hood back. It's like, so cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause, cause Ben Riley, who's the Scarlet Spider, he has, if, if you don't know him by name, he's the Spider-Man that has like the red bodysuit and the blue hoodie 
hoodie vest. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And he just has the gauntlets on his wrist. Yeah. Yeah, so he just has the hoodie and sleeveless. Um, so he's kind of like the hoodie master yeah. like, before Gwen <laughs> came along. But when Gwen swooped in, boom, like everybody's like, yo, that's so cool. So cool. And and uh, we'll talk about the costume a little more later, but I actually have. It's been a minute, but I do have a trading card, a Ooh. physical trading card of this character. This is the only one I have because, again, I don't I haven't collected any modern ones. But this is from 2020 and they regrettably regard her as Ghost Spider. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later as well. But uh, let me read this and then uh, you'll get the gist of it. They do spell her name wrong. Wow. Already off the bat. Yeah, off the bat. Stacy with an E. There's no E, guys. So Ghost Spider. Gwen Stacy of Earth-65 was bitten by a radioactive spider, transforming her into Spider-Woman. Though she enjoyed the fame this brought her, it cost her Peter Parker, who was jealous of Gwen's par- power. The regret of losing him pushed Gwen into being the best superhero she could be. Gwen was able to travel to Earth-616 with ease and enrolled there as a college student while fighting crime under the name Ghost Spider. Whoa. So this is more or less her modern most recent i guess you could say bio yeah so this is where she's kind of at in the present tense um and we'll talk about that i guess we can talk about it right now actually and so let's get into the contrast uh we have a listener comment i knew this was going to spur a lot of people (laughs) like they (laughs) wanted to get in it so from instagram chris uno uh she simply said why is she the goat Ooh. i mean the greatest gwen of all time yeah I mean, she is. And at the end of this episode, I feel like a lot more people will see exactly why. Um, so Gwendolyn Maxine Stacy, same name as the original. No E present for the Gwendolyn or the Stacy, no matter what anybody tells you. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So we first discussed Gwen uh, in episode 23 of the second season of this podcast. So go back and listen to it if you want to hear a little bit more about her original version. But uh, yeah, like much like the card says... This version of Gwen hails from Forest Hills in Queens, uh, New York, um, and she her life forever changed when she was bitten by a radioactive spider while in high school. Um, they kind of breeze through it in Edge of the Spider-Verse. Uh-huh. Like they show it in the beginnings of the book and they just show like, it's like a, almost like a recap like they do in Spider-Verse. Got it. It's okay. like panel, 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 boom, we're in the present. Yeah. And so you don't really get to know the full... Um, the full story until much later. But um, after taking on the moniker of Spider-Woman, Gwen decided to use her powers for good, protecting civilians from street-level threats. Street-level, baby. Oh, yeah. (laughs) While um, embodying everything we as an audience know as the spirit of Spider-Man. So it's it's all the things that you or comic book readers love about Spider-Man, like the quips, the the... The, the banter, the wit, the quickness of being a fast, strong superhero, um, but remixed. And so so the Team Spider-Gwen used that word a lot. Remix. It's not okay. like, it's like an, an homage, but they're changing things up. They're yes. seeing what works. Yeah. And I think it, that word in particular fits so well with this character because she herself is a remix. Oh, okay. Of Gwen Stacy. And so, um, 
And so it's there are there are so many common threads and so many homages and so many callbacks to or samples, if you will. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, like legit, like wow. all, you know, the, the the team is very music oriented. That's so good. they all love music. I believe Rico was a bassist once upon a time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, him out. and Robbie's totally into like any kind of freaking like I don't know, like all the great music bands, all the, any <laughs> artist, they all love music. It's cool. And so, and so like they sampled, they sampled from different parts of Spider-Man history yeah. to make something cool and new and like fresh. And so <laughs> it's, it's so much so that even J. Jonah Jameson in his truest form on yeah. brand, she's a menace. <laughs> Do it, Jeff. She's a menace. <laughs> That spider woman. <laughs> exactly. Of course. Yeah. He's, uh, like, I feel like just J. Jonah James is just yeah. triggered by spiders. In yeah, yeah, I know. Wouldn't it be wild if he was like an arachnophobic? Like he has arachnophobia. And, and that's what that's what it stems from. Exactly. It's just like this secret yeah. backstory we've never like known. <laughs> right, exactly. And so when it came to Edge of the Spider-Verse, and so again, this is like not only a title, but it was a, 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 a story arc that that Dan Slott was at the helm of. Um, Gwen made her, her debut in issue two, uh, and they reintroduced spiders from different verses that would eventually play a bigger part in that arc. And so it spanned across various Spider-Man titles, and it focused the story arc itself, 19 spider web warriors oh my gosh were like stars of this arc holy it's massive holy did you know did you know there's a character named spider <laughs> <laughs> man we have to blurt that out uh, <laughs> her name is ashley barton she's a barton her dad is clint barton oh and she's every she's like i guy don't even want to get into it because she's she's funny though, but she lives up to her name. Let's just say that much. That's honestly hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and so the, you know the Spider Verse, the multiverse is hilarious and, and amazing and magical. Mm. And so, um, a quick premise of the Edge of Spider Verse story arc is that Morlin, who we've talked about uh, in a couple of episodes by now, he and the Inheritors were seeking to kill all the Web Warriors, and so Morlin and the Inheritors themselves they thrive on feeding on the supernatural, superpowered beings. Um, so Spider Totems, which are, <laughs> I guess it's best it's best described with Spider Man Noir. It's like he didn't get bitten per se. He inherited this, like, he was awakened by a totem, a spider totem that was in... Yeah, it's it's God, we can do an episode on him. <laughs> but it's the life essence. So Moreland and the Inheritors, again, they're they're kind of like vampires. And so they, they drain the energy out of that person, the web warrior. Okay. And then that's what keeps them sustained. And that's what powers this the, the Inheritors. And so basically all oh, the Spider-Men get together and they come together to fight this troop of vampires, spider vampires, and then save themselves in all the multiverses. Because holy, what is a world without Spider-Man? Right, like that's what, happens? what I'm saying. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Right, and it seems also very parallel to uh, Spider-Verse. Yes. The film. Yes. So speaking of into the Spider-Verse, voiced by Haley Steinfeld. Yep. Jeffrey's wife. Yep. <laughs> Um, and so the first film was directed by Bob Perchetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rotham. Uh, shout out to Peter Ramsey for letting me hold his Oscar at the Spider-Verse oh, Oscar wow. party. <laughs> yes. 
Wow. His family's very Are nice. Are they heavy? Oh yeah, they're very a lot heavy? heavier than I thought they were. <laughs> I know, and it, this is like, this is so stupid because this is like, <laughs> it's like name dropping. This is the second Oscar I've ever <laughs> held. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to bring it up, but you <laughs> did. So it was the second Oscar. The first Oscar I'd ever held was Jared Leto's. And so it seemed heavier than I remember, but I was, I, I, you know, team Gwen couldn't make the Oscar party at uh, Sony studios. And so they sent me, I got invited to go and I did so with nothing but like rosy cheeks. And I was so happy. Um, But I, at the cake cutting ceremony, I sat at a table with Peter Ramsey's family oh, and, wow. and Peter Ramsey. And so he was doing the schmoozing thing and, and he put the Oscar down and he was like, oh yeah, you know, if you want to take a picture with it, go ahead. And so like one guy did it. He was like, cool. And I was like, do you mind? And they're like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I took a couple of selfies with it and I was like, I'm holding a spider verse Oscar. <laughs> like, That's this insane. Is crazy. Yeah. So I have a picture somewhere. Um, Screenplay by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. Story by Phil Lord and music by Daniel Pemberton. And so, like we mentioned, Gwen is introduced as a schoolmate of Miles Morales, um, later to be revealed as an import from another another dimension um, of her own. And she was the one and only Spider-Woman who saves her dad but couldn't save her best friend. Oof. So did you like... What were your favorite parts of Spider-Verse? Like... Where does Spider-Verse land? If you're going to include Spider-Verse in your Spider-Man tier. Oh, I know it's like up there because yeah. I remember watching it and I was like, this is an insane is next movie, level? you know? Truly. And then with the animation style of it, uh, which I really just genuinely appreciate. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was done really well. Mm-hmm. Like the, like how you, like having so many like of these different Spider-Man characters, but still able to like develop a story for each one of them. Yeah. Um, it's just, it was really, I was blown away by it. And I remember, and I, I think a lot of people on like the internet also agree. Like it's one of the yeah. best animated, like Spider-Man, just animated movies in general, but one of the best spider movies, um, in like the last decade for Easily. sure. Easily. Yeah. Um, it's up there of spider, of spider movies. Yeah. What do, where does it sit on, on your right? I mean, I'm going to say if it's, if, if it lives up to, if the sequel lives up to, you know, what the first one is. Mm-hmm. I think it might be number two, two or three. Because there's, I mean, there's technically oh, really? four, right? Four character or um, like, what are you thinking about? I'm, I'm. Or talking just like, oh, like movies. Oh, spider, spider movies. movies. I was thinking yeah, of like yeah. character, the the act character, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I'm talking franchises. Toby. I'm talking Andrew. I'm talking Tom. Oh, uh, like, it's top. Th- it's it's top three for sure. Then. Wow. Yeah. So, what would you say are your top three? Aside Sp- Spider-Man, Spider-Man or Spider-Man 2 is number one. Because I know that's See, hard. No, that's, tough. that's so tough for me. I would say two sooner. I'm too, I, like, I would choose Spider-Man 1 just because it is the original OG. But then Spider-Man yeah. 2 is also amazing because of yeah. the dynamic of Doc Ock and, yeah. and, you know, and, the, and the scenes in there. Yeah. Um, I'm going Spider-Man 1 is my top. <sighs> yeah. Because like the final scene. With, I remember I'll never forget like watching that final scene between mm-hmm. Gobby and and Peter, Spidey, I'm yeah. like, this is intense, yeah. dude. And I just, just get sure. stabbed through a brick wall. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> by your God. own glider. I know. <laughs> he died by his own... Bl- was it Hover? The, his butler that said? Oh, yeah. Uh, in like the second or third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah Spider-Man 1 for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge... <laughs> like, that's a huge statement though. Because yeah. yeah, there are... How many movies? Eight. It's, eight movies. 
yes. featuring, well, including Ma's nine movies. Yes. Um, so to put it on a top rank. Yeah. And his Spider-Verse was just yeah. amazing. It was done really well. Sure. Yeah. What about you? <sighs> if I have to go full, a full yeah. list. Yeah. Number one. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to go there. Okay. Because I do think that, like you said, you know, it's like introducing. So in any instance, animated and otherwise, introducing that many characters that no one is familiar it's with. It's incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult. And they were able to do it in less than two hours. Animated. Still made sense. No plot holes. Yes. That's that's not easy. Yes. Granted, if that was real life. <sighs> Bro, it's very hard to make <laughs> a multiverse movie yeah, like live action. For sure. That's why it works so well as animation. Yeah. And so... And so that said, and also the characters that are in it, the talent that was hired to be those characters, yeah. on top of the proprietary style of animation that they introduced, which is like, again, next level, like truly, like not just saying it, like it's it's something new and innovative that has never been seen in animation before. And to really, um, I, I, I went to all these animation like sessions. So they had virtual and actually in-person panels Yes. about this animation style and I went I went to every single one and I thought it was just so it was so innovative because sure they're using elements that are very comic booky. Yes. And of course it's it resembles a comic book but they really went the the extra mile to pull it off the page. And so to the point where yeah, it, sure you're not going to see it if you're just watching the film, but if you really do pay attention to the nuances and the characteristics of the characters for instance, like after Miles is bitten and we go through the hallway and he's starting to feel things and like the bubbles are popping up and the panels start to separate. Yes. And that pan Pantone color, like the dots start to show. Yes. And you see all these little like characteristics of the animation. It's so, it's so wild and so good that like, yeah, it's, it's something very unique and uncanny. Yeah. And so <laughs> that kind of more or less really pushes it up to number one for me because it's like, as much as I do love the live action films, I just think even just basing it on story, they did, they did something so special and such a triumph. Very, like, very hard to do. It's so hard to do. And so, yeah, so it's an easy bid for me. Um, if we're talking, yeah, no, I guess that is, yeah, period. It's number one for me. <laughs> it's hard That's to fun. say. Yeah, yeah I and, get it. Yeah, but, but, but me too. I'm kind of like, you know, it's, it's already tough with Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 because undoubt, you know, without a doubt, number one to maybe flip them for me. I think number two is a little, a little higher. Um, but you know, um, what was it? No way home. I was going to say multiverse of madness. <laughs> no way home is also in that nugget of top four for Ooh. sure. And it might, it might depend on how I feel. Yeah. You know what I, I was going to say? I was like, where would no way home <laughs> rank for me? Cause right. it is good, but I also really do love, um, far from home. Mm, really? Mysterio. Yeah. Just I think I need to watch it. Again, yeah. really, Cause really. Because I remember watching it and I was like, oh my God, he got got. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jay, like Jane Gyllenhaal. Like, yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you beat this man? And so. Yeah. Yeah. It proves for a good good plot. Um, So before we get further into this, we got a listener question from super fanboy guy. Woo. Oh, <laughs> God, I remember reading this and I was like, ah, he got me. Speaking of getting got. Who would you cast as Spider-Gwen in the MCU? And it can't be Emma Myers. And so I wanted to note that a few people asked a similar question to this. So I'm just going to, we're going to end it there. But Emma Myers, for the record, is the girl from Wednesday. 
the friend that plays the wolf wolf. Oh, okay. And so she's the cute one with the blonde hair. It's pink and blue. She okay. looks very Gwenny. Oh. And people almost immediately, I saw like trending on, on social media, her fan base, other fan bases, Spider-Gwen fan bases were like, she needs to be Gwen. And so he's basically telling me, I can't say her, but I would. <laughs> because she does fit the bill. She fits the bill pretty well. She's a little more perky than I think I would expect her uh-huh. to be. But like visually and attitude tonally, why, I think I could see her as that Why character. can't it be Haley Steinfeld? <laughs> In another universe! <laughs> she could, yeah. I, and, you know, and people were saying that, you know, like before she popped up as Kate Bishop. Yeah. People were photoshopping Haley as Gwen. I could see it. I could see her with the short hair. Like, I think maybe even... Short hair and blonde? Um, yeah, I, I believe uh, Boss Logic did the mock-up. Okay. So so I there we have an idea of what she would have looked like. And I like it. I mean, aside from the fact that she like, seems like she's like five foot 12, which would, I guess, okay. is six feet tall. Um, <laughs> she seems super tall. What about... Because um, I just watched this movie. Which one? I watched The Menu. Okay, Anya? Anya Tyler-Joy. But she's magic. She's from New Moons. I want her back as that character. Um, so you probably didn't see that film. No. <laughs> she was the best thing of the film. I love that character. I love magic. She's Because I see her with short yeah, blonde hair. For sure. Yeah. Uh, she's got an incredible voice. I love her voice. She's definitely got like a little smoker thing going on. But it adds so much character. Now but, she's Prince she's, Peach. She's British, right? She's British. Uh, I guess so. Like I feel like it's subtle, but I, yeah, yeah. I feel like British people they <laughs> make they make a su- they have they play such a good American yeah. accent. Yeah. So that's why I feel like she would yeah, kill it. She could, yeah. Oh gosh, who else? I mean, I did I think I mentioned this in the Gwen Stacy episode, the first one. I I did kind of I was rooting for Angry Rice for a long time. And okay. she ended up being Betty Brandt. Yes. In oh, in Tom oh, oh, Holland's oh. films. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have an answer, especially when you take away Emma Myers for me. Um, I would, I'm a hundred percent open to Emma Stone, but she's, she's aged Dead. out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's unfortunately aged out of the role. Um, if you will, cause Gwen is supposed to be, I mean, if we're thinking like 20, like during, like, yeah, like during like Tom Holland age and like that group of, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's a toughie. And, and, you know, I say this a lot. I think uh, I would, I would be, I would more gravitate to somebody who, who isn't huge yet. Yeah. You know, so I'd have to give that benefit of the doubt. Do you have any immediate thoughts? No. I, I was trying <laughs> to think. I was like, I guess pretty, pretty interesting. It, it's, it is. Um, huh. Huh. No, I don't. I can't yeah. even like can't. off the top. It's tough. Yeah. All right. That's it. Let's segue <laughs> into friends, family, and affiliations. So, um, so Helen Stacy, we're gonna just kick it off with her mother. So in the books, um, both in six one six and sixty five, um, not not much can be said about Helen. Um, you know, with the exception of the one that is actually in the Amazing Spider-Man films, that's actually the most we ever see of her mother, period. Oh. Um, so in, in Earth 65, um, she's never shown alive in the series, only in one photograph, in one panel, in one comic, ever. Oh, wow. Um, and there's no context of where she is, what happened to her, nothing. But you kind of get the idea that, you know, she presumably died when Gwen was, uh, you know, young girl, maybe preteen. Yeah. Probably like a couple of years before she got bitten. Um... And, you know, strangely enough, it's not like it's one of those rare instances where the mother's death doesn't 
it doesn't linger. It's not the shadow at her heel. It doesn't follow her through the course of the book at all. She's very much in the present. And like her father is, is a hundred percent like the focus when it comes to the parents. And of course it's like probably something that she thinks about, but they'd never really set context to that. So she was just there. She happened and that's it. Whereas, you know, George Stacy, who we're very familiar with uh, in many ways, he is the captain of the New York Police Department's Special Crimes Task Force in Earth-65. And so uh, in Spider-Gwen's universe, he's he's tasked with uncovering the identity of Spider-Woman um, per the mayor's rhetoric. And so once again, J. Jonah Jameson, you know, he's basically saying all this vigilante, she's a menace. And so <laughs> he's the mayor. He's the mayor. Yeah. Wow. So he worked his way up, uh, you know, through, Jeez. through, yeah. That's the last thing we want is to, is J. Jonah Jameson to be the mayor. And so he is in, in Earth 65. And so, um, you know, when, when Captain Stacy is tasked with this ordeal, they, um, it complicates things, of course. But, you know, he, in the books, he's actually this first issue. He's then saved by Spider-Woman. And, it's a huge contrast to previous spider stories because, you know, like every single one before this, there's a slow burn, right? Yeah. Like even the film, Aunt May can't find out. Aunt May can't find out. Aunt May can't find out. Yeah. Right? It's the trope of tropes. In Spider Gwen's world, first issue, she reveals herself wow. to her father at the end of the issue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Instantly. Like he's about to shoot her and he's going to take her in. And then she's like, you know what? pulls her mask off and she's like, I'm sorry, dad. And he's like, Oh God, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. It's and like the so, Miles Morales game. The yeah, Spider-Man game. <laughs> very much so. They, they, they're not playing around. They're just like, no, let's just nip it in the bud. And, um, you know, of course it heightens the stakes in, in the overarching storyline. And so now it then changes the course of, it's not going to be a story about this man pursuing his daughter. It's going to be a story about a father dealing with those pursuing his daughter and how he deals with it. Yeah. So it really does tonally change that. And it, that's what, again, it kind of, it's a remix. Once yeah. again, it's a spider remix. And so... When it comes to the animated uh, cinematic universe, what do we call this? <laughs> Sony animated cinematic Spider-Man animatic cinematic. What do we call it? The animated cinematic. I'm going to call it cinematic um, for now. But we haven't seen Gwen's family there um, at all. Uh, she's br- uh, she briefly mentions Captain Stacy in the beginning of her Into the Spider-Verse intro. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's the most of it. All these characters we're about to ta- talk about None of them, aside from maybe two or three, are even existing in any capacity. <laughs> in, oh yeah, any medium. It's strictly comic books. So, um, when in, you know, cross the the Spider Verse comes out. <laughs> I mean, we could be blessed with all of these cameos. We could not. I we, mean, yeah, we'll see. We, we, yeah, because there's so much more Spider Man. Right. Exactly. In that movie, so yeah, and so how are they going to divide the stories up? Um, but, uh, when it comes to her friends, there's an always 
is a Peter Parker. Oh yeah. <laughs> and this universe's Peter Parker is very different from from any that you come to know in the comic books. Um this one was very scrawny. He wore big Coke bottle glasses. Kind of reminiscent to the Because this 19... is the one that was not bit. Right. right. This yeah. is the one that's not bit. He there's nothing particularly special about him. One would even call him an incel, if you will. <laughs> I know it's Poor really guy. sad. Poor guy. But in all honesty, he was just very meek, very, very fragile if you will um but he was often looked at as an outsider and ridiculed and regarded as the pathetic puny parker and so um in the in the fast forward edition of her origin story you see that he and gwen are friends and she would even come to his rescue just as a normal human being before bitten after bitten what have you people the, the jocks would pick on him Flash Thompson would come pick on him and they would all oh, beauty Parker <laughs> and she it's would like, stay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he's like, Oh no, leave me alone. Like, please. <laughs> but she would come up and save him and just she would fight for him and fight in name of him. And it almost, you know, like whereas in some in some ways you would expect him to be so grateful for that, it it almost kind of rubbed him the wrong way and it made him feel worse that he couldn't defend himself and that his best friend was doing it for him. So that in conjunction with this spider woman character running around, yes. he was like, why can't I be special? Yeah. I want to be special. This is like that. What if episode with, <laughs> with Peggy and cat kind of, no. uh, Steve. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> kind of actually. Yeah. And so, uh, so Parker creates this serum. Wow. That's <laughs> supposed to, he he wants to be special like Spider Woman. Sure, is, is the overarching idea of, of of Peter Parker, and so he takes the serum. It has adverse effects. It does not grant him the powers that he wishes he would have. Instead, it changes him into the lizard. Oh wow! So he becomes a lizard, and so if you think back to Spider Gwen's intro in Spider Verse, mm-hmm. you see a silhouette of what was the lizard, and she says, "I saved my dad, but I couldn't save my best friend." Uh, and that's the guy that she's picking up, which is Peter Parker, but he looks different in the movie. Uh, so he was the lizard. <laughs> so he became the lizard. And so early in Gwen's tenure as Spider-Woman, um, Parker witnesses her. And again, he's inspired to become more, right? But not in a way that you would imagine. He concocts the serum, takes it, has adverse effects. It transforms him to the lizard. And on the night of prom, of all nights, yeah. He, de- he attacks his schoolmate. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course he does. And then Spider-Woman comes and she arrives on the scene. She's fighting the lizard. She has no idea who this person is. She's just like, oh, here we go. It's another whatever, you know, another freakazoid from the streets. I'm going to take this guy down. I'm going to save my friends. It's cool. I'll be home before midnight. <laughs> and so, um, you know, she's, she's, she's fighting this character unknowing that it's her best friend until it's too late and so she's essentially beat him to a pulp oh my gosh and he regresses and he changes back into peter Peter parker Parker. and she's like oh crap i just killed him killed my friend oh my gosh and so he dies on the scene oh my gosh like he (laughs) in the panel like he's just like i just wanted to be special like you and he never knows it's like i don't think he ever really knows it's her but he gets it yeah he's like oh it's maybe maybe it's Gwen and so you know he you see like a split second of like okay he maybe he came to the realization but far too late on both parts he dies 
cue the police coming. Put your hands up. <laughs> and oh. she's like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, so it just looks like she killed a boy. She looks like she killed a boy. Oh. And so that's when J. Jonah Jameson is further fueled. Like, see, I told you. A murderous <laughs> menace. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so none of it works out in her favor at all. So from that moment on, as if her her world wasn't already complicated enough, it just heightens and it gets so much worse because now they're pla- they're 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 labeling her as a murderer, a vigilante, as yeah. a vig- vigilante murderer. And so there are all these like, uh, what happens is that the Parkers put up these billboards of like you know like. Is it the Parkers? It might have been the Parkers in conjunction with Jameson, but they put up these billboards of like, you know, who catch the murderer of uh, Peter Parker. And so people tag on the signs like Spider-Gwen silhouette or they tag like, you know, like it's her Spider-Woman, you know. And again, you can tell that the the city is divided. Is she a heroine or is she of murdering for yes, vigilante which is like most <laughs> yeah, superhero exactly. stories. Right. And so that's that's how they built the concrete um, basis of okay this is who she is and this is who, how the public perceives her um, and so yeah you know again while they, they don't really clearly indicate during the first Into the Spider-Verse that Gwen's best friend was Peter Parker it's safe to assume that they're they're if they're going to follow that canon it's going to they're going to reveal a little bit more maybe if they flesh out her story like we, we don't know yet I guess we'll find out sooner than later or maybe not at all they maybe they might never touch on it who knows at least in that iteration. And so uh, previously mentioned May and, and, and Ben Parker. So yeah, they're just <laughs> really sad mourning um, their, their nephew. Uh, and they're very much alive. Neither of them die. Uh-huh. So this is an, a, a universe that has not only Captain Stacy and Gwen Stacy, but both Aunt May and, and Ben Uncle Parker ben. and Uncle Ben. He never mm-hmm. dies. He's the guy that lives next door. He drinks out of a mug that he used to say Winnie the Pooh, yeah. but now it says Gwynnie the Pooh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They're like best friends, like the the Parkers and the Stacys, you know? And so, um, so yeah, they're not necessarily in harm's way very often. There's a couple of issues where they ha- they, they get tangled up in, in problems. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, they don't play a huge, huge, huge part, but... Aunt May does provide some wisdom to Gwen when she needs it most. Um, but there are a couple of friends that she does have that are pretty consistent throughout any book that she's in. And those are the Mary Janes. Oh, I remember this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so in Earth 65, probably one of the coolest facets of this character is that she is indeed a drummer as they display in the film. So she's a drummer. She's the drummer of the Mary Janes. And the Mary Janes themselves are made of Mary Jane Watson, guitar and vocals of the band. Of course, she's the front woman. Uh. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Betty Brant on bass, Glory Grant on keyboard, and then Gwen on drums. And they also have a cat named Murderface. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Which is kind of funny because I have my own murder (laughs) face uh, sleeping in the corner there. But uh, yeah, he's, he's like a... He was in the first issue, he was kind of like a tabby orange, but he was color corrected into a more gray later on down the line. Rico, that's your problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty fun. I mean, they, they do serve as like a plot thickener at times. They had a really fun Halloween issue 
where uh, they went to an old carnival and Mysterio is in there. And it was really, it was really fun. Um, there's, they're definitely a facet that I would love to see like in full blown spider verse form in the films uh-huh. um, because I think it'd just be so much fun. And so although there is no live action cinematic counterpart to the band, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to my friends, the real band that recorded complimentary songs to those featured in the Spider-Gwen series, Married with Sea Monsters. And so Married with Sea Monsters, uh, you know, these are Robbie's friends that he grew up with. Uh, and so along his comic book, um, like, I don't know, journey, uh-huh. they've always provided like music in some capacity. And so <laughs> they did, they had a, a couple of great EPs that they released. And so when it came to the release of Spider-Gwen, the, the band element really played a huge part because they got to kind of lend their voices to it. And so uh, you can find on their YouTube channel, um, they recorded songs as the Mary Janes. So wow. so Kat Dixon, who is the lead uh, singer for, for the band, she's essentially Mary Jane. So she's Mary Jane. She's got the most lovely voice. I love her. And so they play rock. It's rock music. Oh, that's it's awesome. It's great. And yeah. so they have songs... Uh, that uh, titled, you know, very much like the comic book, M- Vulture, uh, Murder Face, Paper Doll, and of course, Face It Tiger, which is, <laughs> which is like, is like the piece de resistance <laughs> of the Mary Janes. And so it's the very first song that they actually, like when you first meet the Mary Janes in the book, uh-huh. like, you know, Robbie's like laid out the text that they're, it's like the lyrics of the song. And so basically Married with Sea Monsters took it off the page and made it into a full, an actual song. Wow. And so, so much so that Marvel actually, I guess, you know, procured the rights to the song. Uh-huh. And so it's the official Mary Jane song now. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, of course it would be nice if they threw them a bigger bone and, and gave them some space to do that like in the films but yeah. you know everyone everyone listening can do them a solid and subscribe to their stuff and buy their EPs it's it's really cool man hell yeah support support is easy so uh, go out and do that uh, so shout out to those guys and then fun fact unrelated but related there is a Christian metalcore band oh my gosh named Gwen Stacy <laughs> <laughs> so, okay so if if married with sea monsters isn't your thing they should be um there is an alternative metalcore christian band named gwen stacy that you can look what does up what does that even mean metalcore christian so it's like metal it sounds like metal that's what i'm saying but it's like jesus i feel like it's okay <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> yeah you know it's like one cross two nails three days <laughs> forgiven <laughs> One cross, two nails, <laughs> three days, four given. See, Is that an actual song? <laughs> no. That's, that was pretty good. But if you watch The Last of Us, oh, I pulled that from The Last of Us. So, yeah, but that's. Uh, but I'm sure. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. I can't tell you. Like real quick, real quick antidote. I can't tell you when I was making my my convergence into the millennium, the new millennium. Yeah, like at my 18. Uh huh. I was like, yeah rock and metal <laughs> and like half the stuff i was listening to 100 percent christian metalcore i had no idea oh i wow. was just like yeah until you like really like and then i started to, to listen to it and i was like oh 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 okay evanescence originally a christian rock band. i read this yeah i was like oh 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 
Huh. So you're telling me I can play Evanescence Wake Me Up in church? <laughs> Technically. Just play it on Easter when, when the Lord rises. You're like, oh. You and on the third day, Jesus woke me up. Save <laughs> 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 Exactly. <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah. See exactly. See now you're not gonna unhear it. You're gonna oh every time gosh. it even comes across your yeah you're gonna yeah plagued. So uh, we received a listener question. Speaking of Mary Jane from Aquamarine Maiden, who would win in an arm in an arm wrestling, Gwen or Mary Jane? Thinking face. Are they supposed to like? <laughs> and she didn't indicate which versions, so I'm, I'm assuming that this is like six one six. I'm team. But I'm team Gwen on this one. I'm gonna say yes, fully unbiased. I think so. I think she could take her. Because I mean, because you guys know, I'm, <laughs> I was I was a Mary Jane, mm-hmm. you know, Stan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and I'm I think I was like, I gotta go with Gwen on this. <laughs> I line. mean, that's one of my favorite sound bites of you. Is like I'm converted, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was like, you know, she's cool. Yeah, she's cool, man. <laughs> ah, yeah, so Gwen wins that one. Can't imagine why. Um, some honorable mentions when it comes to her friends. Peter Porker, Spider-Ham. So, you know, we know... Spider-Ham, <laughs> the best. I know, I always got to remember, I'm like, it's not Spider-Pig. Spider-Pig is from Simpsons. And Spider-Pig yes. does whatever Spider-Pig does. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Peter Porker, Porker. Spider-Ham... Uh, he comes in and out of the books or at least did in the first two volumes. So basically if, if Gwen hit her head too hard, uh-huh. she would just manifest a cartoon spider ham. Oh. <laughs> and like, it would, it was like a, a delusion of some sorts. Yeah. And so he would like talk to her and, and kind of be her, con- her Jiminy Cricket, her, her Pinocchio. Oh my gosh. <laughs> be her, her conscience in some ways. Um, he was pretty funny. Uh, very different dynamic in the film because they're not mutually exclusive, I guess, in the film. Whereas in the comic, it is kind of like a, she, he just comes around when he comes around. Yeah. But, but anyway, and of course, what is, who, who voices him in the, in the movie? Oh my John gosh. Mulaney. John Mulaney. Yeah, there we go. Mulaney! <laughs> uh, who is actually, I think he's perfect for that role. That's the reason my hand is wet. <laughs> No other reason. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> um, Randy Robertson, he's a rock and roll reporter in the comics. Uh, a lot of these characters, by the way, including like Betty and Glory, they're all callbacks to classic Amazing Spider-Man characters. So they're all derivatives of like 50s, 60s, uh, sorry, 60s, 70s characters uh-huh. that were once popular and very important in Peter Parker's life. And now they've imported them, remixed them, sampled them into these newfound versions of them. Um, so Randy Robertson is one of them. Um, he's just one of the guys. He just hangs out with the girls every now and then. Um, and of course, um, Earth 616 is Cindy Moon, a.k.a. Silk. Uh, one of our more recent modern Asian superheroes, uh, as well as Jessica Drew, which is a name that people are going to be very familiar with um, come the release of Across the Universe, Across the Spider-Verse with uh, Issa Rae uh, portraying Jessica yes. Drew. Um, yeah. And so so Gwen is pretty great friends with, with she and Cindy. Um, they have an entire like character arc called uh, Spider-Women, um, where they battled a evil... Cindy Moon of Earth 65. We'll get to her a little later. And then there is a familiar name um, in which it's it's a hero in Earth in Earth 65 that Gwen looks up to and actually works with here and then. Captain America. Wow. AKA 
Samantha Wilson. Oh. So Sam Wilson's... Sa- daughter? No. Sam-, Sam Wilson is a woman in Earth 65. Oh, shoot. So, That's my bad. <laughs> all good. Um, and she very much is Captain America. Uh, and she's got a shield. She's great. That's awesome. She's so cool. So cool. Um, and so on the flip side in the cinematic universe, uh, you know, Peter B. Parker... Penny Parker, yeah. Peter Parker, Spider-Man Noir, who yeah. isn't coming back, by the way. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed out. He's my favorite Spider-Man. I know. Huh. Huh. Nick Cage was like, they didn't call me back. <laughs> I was waiting for a call. I know. How sad is that? Like, oh, snaps. <laughs> but, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, I would love to see some form of cinematic film, animated or not, that is just Spider-Man Noir. Because that story... If you want to talk dark. Yeah. I mean, you can tell already. It's so dark. It's so much darker than people realize. Yeah. It's so good, though. I love it. Um, Did you ever play Shattered Dimensions? No, I didn't. It's so good. It's so good. And the Spider-Man noir parts are my favorite. Okay. Love it. So good. Tombstone. Is that on the... That's on the old PS3. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, PS3. Yeah. I don't think they ever brought it back, but it was an excellent game. Pain. Yeah, super pain. But I do hope we see Spider-Man Noir again soon. Yeah. Um, and then a name that many people are pretty familiar with by now, Miles Morales. Oh, yeah. I think his middle name is Gonzalo. Gonzalo. Yeah. Was it? Miles Gonzalo Morales. Yeah. Yeah. So so while they teamed up during um, Edge of the Spider-Verse in the, the story arc, um, and many other arcs, their worlds didn't really quite collide until Miles' father um, disappeared from Prime Earth. And he somehow ended up on Earth 65. Or in. I don't know what the proper... Anyway, in Earth 65. <laughs> and so um, it's later revealed that Jefferson, uh, his, six, his Earth 65 counterpart was a member of Silk, or S-I-L-K. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was a field agent, codename Scorpion. Whoa. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So there's all these, again, there's all these amalgamations of classic characters with familiar ones. And so there was this huge arc where they had to kind of suss out, okay, well, we need to bring the real dad home. (laughs) And then they encounter the evil dad and it's a whole thing. Um, And so, uh, you know, we'll talk about Miles and Gwen a little bit later for some obvious reasons, but the two team up quite frequently and have a bond similar to that that is shown in the animated films, which of course, Miles Morales in the uh, animated cinematic universe, voiced by Shamik Moore, who we're gonna hear a lot more of um, in the, later this year. Um, and so yeah, again, the two meet in Visions Academy when it comes to Into This, uh, across Into, there's a potential dress. Here we go with the Spider-Man titles that are all over the place, <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. Um, and they share classes together. And Miles clearly has this, he develops a small crush on Gwanda. Gwanda. Ah. Um, and so, of course, by, you know, you go through the course of that film and, and how he's trying to impress her. And then he's like, oh my God, she's a spider person too. Like, well, you just like me? <laughs> yeah. He's so cute. I love how Shmeek voices him. Um, and also, like, the, the, the range. Like, he goes from a really, like, squeaky. Yes. To, like, a. An almost like man. A, like a, yeah, like a teenager to <laughs> yeah. like a, an adult. Yeah. Yeah, love that. And so, uh, yeah, by the end of the film, they, they're they so much more close. And then there's clearly like potential for a romantic 
possibly like possibly it looks like they hint that in this in the in the tra- new second one. trailer yeah though i gotta say like the marketing like they're like hanging with your bestie and i was like huh you friend zoning him already it hasn't even come out yet <laughs> like i mean i get it i, I get it yeah. it's cute because like you know if if i had my way i wouldn't i would never put her with anybody i don't think yeah. she needs to be with anybody and i i, I get it it's a plot device but um i i do think it is cute how like when she's about to leave she's like oh, you know i am older than you mm. by like 15 months but oh. and he's like eh, you know <laughs> he's like, i can't go i'm grounded like oh yeah can well, spider-man, Spider-Man go? grounded and you're <laughs> yeah. like oh <laughs> exactly ah oh, so good so i'm very curious to see how their their story develops because you know something that is very with what is so genius about into the spider verse is that yeah Miles has his little growth spurt, right? Like he's kind of like a tiny child at first yes. and then his pants don't fit. And then <laughs> <laughs> by the time that the film is done, let alone as we see this first trailer for Across the Spider-Verse, yeah. he is so much older already. They almost seem like they're the same age at this point. And so, yeah, it is interesting because, you know, in the books, Gwen is is yeah, presumably in the the pocket of 19 to 21. So, whereas in the film, she's 16, 16, 17, and mm. Miles is 15. Okay. So, it's a little like, ah, <laughs> you're getting there, but, you know, and it's not too far off from the comics either. Miles is, M- Miles is younger than her, um, but we'll talk about them a little later. And so, when it comes to main adversaries, holy smokes, there is no cinematic counterpart to almost any of these. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're not going to do much bouncing around here, but... Um, you know, like much of Gwen's canon roster, there, there, there are no big screen versions. So yes. let's go down the line here again. Moreland and the Inheritors, you know, and this happens a lot. The Moreland and the Inheritors are really more of like an import, import uh, rogues gallery, if you will, uh-huh. that don't necessarily belong to her. She just gets messed up in their whole shenanigans because of peter parker uh-huh. <laughs> and it, it kind of relates to her but it the the whole reason why they're having these issues is because the spider people have to come together so um they very much serve as a villain introduced by way of earth 616 peter parker prime the chosen one as you will um <laughs> but oh my god maybe this you know i'm just realizing now maybe this is why i love Stiltman so much um, so Gwen's, one of Gwen's main adversaries in the comics, his name is Bodega Bandit. Hell yeah. Let me, let, me, let me guess. He just goes around the New York bodegas and just yeah. steals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the best part. So he's got, he, he, he is quote unquote, as Gwen says, the worst arch, arch nemesis. <laughs> um, he's very much, you know, McDonald's hamburger. I can't say the, the hamburger. Hamb- hamburger. Yeah. Imagine that, just blonde, and he wears black and green. Ew. <laughs> green. He even says robble robble. <laughs> so like, he'll go to like fast food joints, he'll go to bodegas and just like steal stuff. And he runs like an idiot, he just runs, and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> and then she just does the Yes. And then he's done, and he's like, oh, you got me again. And she's like, you are the worst. <laughs> Like you were the worst. You got me again, yeah. Spider Gwen. Robble, robble. Robble, robble. Like he waddles off off camera, but he also has like a a, a sidekick. 
Oh, God. And it's a tiny hamster named Pinecone. Oh, <laughs> my God. And he's got a tiny domino mask and a tiny top hat that looks like his outfit. <laughs> so I got to pull this up for you. I should have done this earlier. Bodega Bandit. And so, you know, the craziest thing about this character, I'll, I'll tell you after I show you. So here he is. And he also has a puppy. Oh, wow. That really is the hamburger. There. And Crazy. there's the pine cone. Look at the pine cone. He's so cute. And so he loves corn dogs. <laughs> corn dogs. He loves to steal corn dogs. So Gwen works uh, or worked at a spot called the Dollar Dog. And so it's exactly what you think it is. It's like, <laughs> you know, hot dogs and corn dogs and pickle water. <laughs> and uh, and he, he steals the money. He steals the cash registers and all that good stuff. But... Believe it or not, this, this character is vaguely identified, as well as Gwen, in an episode of Jessica Jones. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's a super deep cut. So it's one of those instances again. It's definitely a deep cut. Oh, yeah. It's one of those instances where Jessica Jones, Kristen Ritter is on a computer, and all these articles come up about New York crime. Uh-huh. And if you look at the list... It's just like typical like train. Yeah, da, da, yeah. Da, da, da. You go to the fourth one. It's like masked vigilante saves day, you know, unidentified woman. And then has it basically describes Bodega Bandit and spider One. Whoa. And I was like, whoa, they exist in the Netflix version. <laughs> and nobody talked about it. Nobody. People just missed it. No, they missed it. They got to see that. It's so cool. Um, and so, of course, despite their ongoing differences, uh, he is hardly the worst rogue in her gallery, but he's super duper fun. So he pops up at random. He's always a good laugh. Um, someone who's not as fun or friendly, Le Chat Noir, <laughs> a.k.a. Felicia Hardy, the black cat. Oof. So this was really cool. And this is actually a character that they didn't get to flesh out very much at all. She's literally in one ep- oh, one. I always say episode. She's literally in one issue. Yeah. And that's it. You never see her again. That's insane. She's in the last issue of the first volume. So that's issue number five. And so where there are the Mary Janes, there's also Felicia Hardy and the Black Cats. She's, she's essentially a rival pop group <laughs> that pops up against the Mary Janes. She and Mary Jane have some history together. They don't like each other, obviously. Yeah. But... Um, this this character in this version of Felicia Hardy is so unique and so different. She's essentially what Robbie would easily call the character that you create for toys. And so they imagined this line of like different action figures and she would have different outfits and she looks different each and every time. Um, but she's... Uh, her, her outfits were very unique, futuristic, a lot of chrome. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's also kind of feline-esque so she she kind of moves with a certain grace and and also like intention that you could tell she could scrap but she's still elegant and weird about it uh-huh. um and so she's like neo couture if you will i don't know if that actually is an actual phrase but that's what i wrote down and so um imagine fame monster gaga yes that's this felicia hardy wow yes so like telephone um not poker face kind of yeah okay. sure like okay. that that gaga that's this black cat it's kind of it. wild um and so uh so yeah so she had a little french twist to her she, hence the the le chat noir yeah so her father was kind of like ingrained in the uh he was a burglar oh that's in, right yes in paris yes <laughs> um and uh gwen even says in one of the panels she says 
your life is one mime short of a Bjork video. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine, if you will, Haley Steinfeld delivering yeah. that line because it's exceptional. And so much like her prime Earth counterpart, Gwen's Felicia Hardy experienced tragic loss when her father, a famed cat burglar, died at the hands of somebody we'll talk about in just a moment, Matt Murdock. And... Uh, then she grew up refining her music skills and that's where the black cats came in. So she basically became a pop star to deal with her trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sadly, we don't see her again. She go- ends up going to prison uh, because of, of other incidents. But um, another character on the docket, Harry Osborn. Um, this version is very interesting. He's, he's very similar as much as he is different. Um, so Gwen, Harry, and Peter were, were basically the trio, the best friends trio. They would play D&D together. Um, they were kind of the loners in high school and middle school. Um, and so much like his prime Earth counterpart, Harry ultimately becomes the Green Goblin um, later on uh, because he he felt, I guess when Peter, when Peter died, he felt a tremendous amount of guilt for not being able to protect him. Uh-huh. And so he too kind of goes along the course of like, I have to... I have to do something. I have to be better and, and be powerful in some matter. Uh-huh. And so he takes on the glider. He takes on the bombs and stuff. He looks a little different. Um, he kind of almost has like, I, that's a bad example. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say like Dan DeHaan in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but not really. Uh, but he does kind of get a weird like side effect um, that drives him a little cuckoo bananas too. Um, but you know, like uh, he, he, has such adverse effects that when they start fighting, he gets so enraged that he kind of loses his way a bit. Uh He loses himself. And he very much like the original Norman Osborn kind of messed himself up. Uh, He threw threw some goblin bombs, pumpkin bombs at Gwen. Yeah. And Captain America was helping her. And I forgot what the scenario was, but he ended up blowing off his own arm. Oh my gosh. So he loses an arm. Like wow. it's gone. <laughs> I know it's it's kind of kind of gross actually. They show it. It's just like a lone arm strewn about in, in some trash bags. Um but, you know, inevitably <laughs> they he's all good in the end. She's able to kind of, you know, reg- regulate him. He gets the help he needs. And uh they're best friends again. So that's cool. Um, another familiar name, the Punisher, Frank Castle. So (laughs) I just, oh boy, this guy's a handful. So he was, uh, he was essentially a bloody, um, hired gun for the government with previous ties to Earth 65's Tony Stark. So I gotta say Earth 65's Tony Stark, he's mentioned a lot, but he's never, they never show him. He's never actually in the books. Interesting. And it's kind of funny though, because he owns many a different franchises and businesses. And so he owns like Starbucks. It's exactly right. what you think uh-huh. it is. <laughs> so coffee company, he has a coffee company. He has all these different conglomerate businesses, but you never see him. And so one of them is uh, his private military company, War Machine. And so Frank Castle is hired by this, this company. Um, he became nothing shy of an aggressive, obsessive workaholic, fully dedicated to the cause. And so much that, you know, if, if you know anything about Frank Castle, did you watch Punisher? Any of them? Uh, yeah, a little and bit. And so, you it. know, the premise is basically like his family gets yes. gunned down. Yes. In Earth 65, his, his obsession with being who he is 
and and being a man that's a hired gun um of sorts his wife takes the children and leaves him whoa so they're alive oh but they peace out because yeah. he's so he's so obsessive and so scary yeah um and so it it does nothing but further escalate this you know when when it comes to spider woman because she then becomes the focus of like i have to finish this job i have to finish this job i have to take this person out yeah i have to complete my mission <laughs> and so he goes like atomic on her it's crazy um and he's a, he's very scary in the comics uh someone who isn't as scary shockingly enough is wilson fisk who is also in earth 65 he is not the kingpin shockingly enough and he plays a much more minor role uh though he seems to have cultivated the supervillain that matt murdoch becomes and so he's kind of in it a little bit he's detained he's questioned uh the kingpin is mentioned by different supervillains at different times and uh -huh. they're like kingpin is behind it kingpin is behind it and so the general populace of the nypd think oh kingpin is fisk it's not fisk <laughs> It's not him at all. And oh, so he's wow. like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so he's he's not in it as much as, as you would think. Um, versus Into the Spider-Verse, he is essentially the big baddie. And he's voiced by Lee Schreiber, who was Sabretooth in the oh, yeah. Logan film. Yeah. Um, not Logan. X-Men. Origins oh, Wolverine. Origins Wolverine. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he's he's got so much more presence there. And that is, of course, Earth 1610. Wilson Fisk. Earth 1610? Are they in Earth 1610 or they're, they're Earth 1610? Third Miles Morales' universe, right? Yes. Yes. So that's that version of Wilson Fisk. He's he's much more prominent. Again, no major ties directly to Gwen when it comes to the film. Um, and all it is is that he's just trying to reunite with his dead wife and his dead kid <laughs> <laughs> via a giant collider. Do you think we'll see him in the next film at all? Ooh, I don't know. Leif Schreiber is really good in that role. Yeah. I always forget that that's him. I was like, oh, yeah. no. he's got I don't a voice. Know. I mean, yeah. always possible, but yeah. you never know until you until you see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. And then that brings us to Cindy Moon. So, you know, like I previously mentioned, um, Earth 65 Cindy Moon is not a good person. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, she created a counter organization of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, called SILK, like I mentioned, S-I-L-K, which stands for Strategic Intelligence and Logistic. K. Okay. K. <laughs> it's just K. Oh. <laughs> and so... Um, so <laughs> <laughs> if you know anything about Cindy, and we've talked very, very briefly about Cindy in our Peter Parker episode, um, what what happened is that Cindy ended up being the second person bitten by the the radioactive spider that bit Peter Parker, and so in Earth sixty five, uh, a similar scenario happens. Of course, not Peter Parker, but Cindy is bit by an irradiated. Um, spider, but it failed to give her powers of any kind. And so when she and her family, you know, kind of, I think they went into, they went, they went into a lawsuit with Oscorp or the big corporation that they were pursuing because of this bite, they then kind of provided her of like, okay, well, this is what would have happened uh -huh. if you got bit by the spider. 
and she she got a glimpse of the power that she could have had the person she could have been and where it was supposed it was meant to placate her it instead pissed her off because she was like i could have had powers and so she got mad and then she eventually created her own radioactive isotopes to replicate that spider and so this this is the kind of the weird wild twist she's a little older than gwen in this universe so she's basically created her own radioactive spider it got out into the world she was testing it and then it bit gwen stacy and created spider woman and so she not only was already pissed off that she didn't get powers from the first time she was bit yes now she helped somebody else get powers mm. and so gwen is immediately in her line of sight and she's like well now i have to kill her <laughs> so, <laughs> um, as one does as one does and so cindy uh evil cindy moon she uses this she, it's so interesting she wears like a full black bodysuit with a red trench coat on top of that and she wears this gauntlet thing on her left hand left hand left hand and it's called the satan claw and so um it's a it's a it's a glove that's consistent among different timelines and such it's not necessarily like thanos's gauntlet but yeah you know it's got some power of sorts and so it looks, it's it's kind of wicked it looks like a almost like a I don't know, something you'd see in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh It's it's just pretty neat. I actually have one. I cosplayed as her once. Um, (laughs) So that's somewhere in the garage. Um, She uses this thing called a super adaptoid armor. And so it allows her to replicate like uh, super villain powers that we're familiar with. So she could become Doc Ock if she wanted to, right? She could, she has a flick of the, you know, she puts something on the glove, do, 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 do. And the apparatus then formulates like octopus arms and so she was almost like a super adaptoid which Uh is a villain in the books but she could she could adapt to anything and so um there's this huge arc with her which is in the spider women title as i previously mentioned so it's jessica drew cindy moon and gwen against evil cindy and so in that title she ends up taking gwen's powers away which leads to something else we'll talk about a little later um and so I guess the closest comparison to Cindy in the film is Dr. Olivia Octavius, aka mm-hmm. Doc Ock, voiced by Katherine Hahn. Yeah. Who totally is, forgot about that. Yeah, who is our Agatha. So there's another instance of like uh, in like Haley, for instance, you know. Um, so Catherine voices Liv, as her friends call her. Um, who yeah, she is once again an enemy of by proxy. She's not really directly affiliated or yeah. against Gwen, but she comes in because of the spider crew. So speaking of the Kingpin, he is who I would, I would call at least when it comes to the original run, Gwen's number one enemy and arch nemesis, the real Kingpin, Matt Murdock. Wow. Yes. And this is something I'd love to see because it's, it does kind of not to say that Matt Murdock as a character or in the Netflix or in Spider-Man Away Home. Not that he's like super duper wholesome or anything. Yeah. But he is genuinely a character that you like. You yes. like him. You like Agree. who this character is, right? This Matt Murdock is the antithesis of that one. And so he's he's got everything that that... Imagine Charlie Cox, but not Daredevil. Just Charlie Cox as Matt as Murdock. Kingpin. But oh, he's oh, Kingpin. Yeah. And he has no moral compass that's insane none he does not care he will kill anything he will kill anyone 
Like there's a scene where he's on a rooftop and a crow got too close to him and he killed the crow. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, jeez. Um, what if that's in the new Spider-Verse movie where they go to a universe? so wild. And, Mem- yeah. and, and, um, and Charlie Cox plays, voices that. That'd be I, insane. I didn't even think of that and I want it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, like I, I imagined, uh, I perceived that the second one would dive into Gwen's universe a bit more. Maybe it will. We don't know yet. But one thing that I wanted more than anything was to see this evil Matt Murdock come about. But I didn't even think about Charlie Cox. I was like, you know what? That is 100% correct. That would be fantastic. Um, Because yes, he's very scary. He's quite scary. And so yeah, imagine again, you know, this very lovable character and he's just against all good things. He comes across nice. He, he seems like the Matt Murdock that we all know and love, but again... And then boom, kills you. He kills everybody. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 Charlie Cox, but imagine him with the, the Kingpin twist. Um, and that would be insane, right, for sure. We've seen how Wilson Fisk acts, so just imagine that being Charlie Cox instead. Crazy. Woo! So that'd be cool. But yeah, he's the number one baddie. He, he pretty much emerges uh, early on in the books, and then he is in the first two volumes through its end. Um... And uh, yeah, he's a major player. I believe he's in prison now uh, for all his bad deeds. But uh, other notables in the original series, as well as the more modern Ghost Spider title, uh, include Miles Warren, the Jackal. My God, this guy. This is the guy that was obsessed with the original Gwen and tried to clone her. Uh-huh. And he, gross. So <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a really cool panel, uh, not panel, but an arc in the, the more modern books where he reemerges again. And um, this is the one where Earth 65 Gwen and Peter Parker, prime Peter Parker, devi- devise this plan to like, uh, to, to thwart Warren's diabolical plan. And she dresses up as 616 Gwen. Like head to toe. Oh wow! So she looks like her, like she's got the long hair and all that uh-huh. stuff, and she wears the boots. And it's really funny because after they've done, after they've done what they needed to do, she pulls off the wig and she pulls off the, the jacket or something, and she's like, "I gotta give props to that girl. I couldn't wear these heels like for more than five <laughs> minutes. Like it's so funny. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah, I love her." Um, so Miles Warren, you know, he comes in, in into uh, some of the crossover books as well as uh, Adrian Toomes, the vulture. Mm-hmm. He's one of the, the earlier uh, villains that comes about. Craven the Hunter, Sergei Kravinov, um, also comes in about midway through. Uh, Alexei Sistevich, uh, the rhino, he comes in a bit here and there as well. And of course, Manwolf, John, Jonah, Jameson. <laughs> he comes into to the Ghost Spider title. Um, yes. Lots of Jonah Jamesons. J.J. Jonah Jamesons. <laughs> Again. Um, whereas in the films, other notables include Prowler, Scorpion, and Tombstone. And then, of course, many more that we're probably going to encounter in Across the Spider-Verse, in cor- including uh, Spider-Man 2099, maybe a little bit, depending on how they play that card. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so um, a listener comment from Andrew Frank, 17... Who would you like to see as the villains in Across the Spider-Verse? Well. That's a pretty loaded question. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, so many? There's so many. There could be so many? Yeah. I, do you think they'll treat it like the first one where they bring in kind of like a few of them that work together? 
I mean, I would assume. I feel like that's like the because it's like you know, it's it's a Spider Verse movie, so you can't ever have just one villain, right? Um, unless you have like a couple Spider Men, Spider Men, whatever mm-hmm. that are like you know on mm-hmm. the on the on the line of like good or bad. So right. maybe like that's like the twist where right. some Spider Men are the villains. Yeah. Um, but maybe I would say I I can see that where yeah. it's a bunch of other a collective of villains and i also think it depends on where the playing field is yeah like are they gonna have like a moment where it's like no way home where where portals are opening yeah and people are getting sucked into different universes or are they bringing it to somebody's home turf because i think that bring that that makes all the difference like for the first film of course we got those particular villains because they were playing on Miles is, you know, in Miles's hometown. Yeah. Uh so so if they end up going somewhere else like Earth 65, then will we see Earth 65? Well, probably, and I think so. Maybe, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that they're going to be uh the same. I think they're going to do it like they did the first film where they're familiar characters but they're not like the ones we know. Yes. So even then, if they they bring sixty five characters in, I don't think they're going to be like this Matt Murdock. But I think he's so good that they might want to keep him. Um, as far as which villains I'd like to see, I mean, there's one answer what? that sustains. What? You know, you know what I'm going to say, Jeff. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Stiltman. <laughs> <laughs> but but let me tell you. Spider-Gwen annual number one. One of the stories, Stiltman. She has her own Stiltman. Wow. <laughs> yes! I think it's a perfect medium for Stiltman. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Bodega Bandit. I would like to see Matt Murdock. I mean, I would accept Black Cat, but I just don't, I think it's too much. Um... Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough call. We just need to see Stiltman, dude. Like, just so we can have died. Just be like, finally! I just want it once! I know. <laughs> um, so, this is the fun part of the show where we have giveaway corner. Ooh. So, if you're listening, if you're listening still and you're still tuned in, this episode's giveaway, once again, is a Gwenum Hasbro Marvel Legends figure. Complete, never opened, from a non-smoking home. Get this item shipped direct to you. If you are the first person to message us on Instagram or Twitter with the keyword corn dogs. Corn dogs. Corn dogs, baby. Oh, yeah. You want this figure? (laughs) All right. DM us. Show us that you're listening. So from that, we will go and move on to love interests. Ooh. Eh, Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, we can skip it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, as previously mentioned, Harry Osborn and Gwen were best friends yeah. but in the ghost spider title they kind of push the envelope a little bit they go on a few dates it's kind of weird at least from my perspective i didn't like it so much it's cute but it doesn't quite work out um you know and, and you know like as the trading card mentioned later on in her storyline uh as ghost spider gwen you know during the the spider verse story arc she acquires a wristlet that allows her to travel between universes. Uh-huh. So she can go from Earth 65 to 616, no problem. She can do it very much like the movie where she just kind of pops up and there's a portal and she's like, woohoo, and she goes through. <laughs> and so uh, in this new universe, um, she she goes back and forth. She 
she <laughs> commutes between universes and attends 616 New York University. Oh, wow. And so she goes to NYU where her identity as Spider-Woman doesn't exist. Yeah. People don't know that there is one, let alone that she is that character or that hero. And so she goes to NYU while Peter Parker is a teacher there. Oh. So Peter Parker in the books is, a again, he's older. Yeah. So they've made, they've bonded since the Spider-Verse title and over the, the, the years uh, that Gwen has been active as a hero. So... Um, you know, he helps her with the whole ordeal. And so with that and also the band and also being Spider-Woman, it just doesn't work out for she and Harry. It just yeah. doesn't, it's, it's not there. Um, and, uh, and then of course, like we mentioned before, Miles Morales. So in the books, there's an age difference as well. To me, if you ask me, square peg, round hole. Uh, that doesn't work. It felt very forced. Yeah. Um, it was cute. It was cute indeed. Um, I know I w- I became friends with uh, a nice group of folks who produced a podcast solely for Miles and Gwen, mm. and that was their that was their bread and butter. And I I created the logo for their podcast actually. Yeah. Um, not for me. It's not for me. And so uh, during their short uh, story arc that crossed both Miles Morales and Spider Gwen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, they do stop by earth eight where it's placed, I think 20 years in the future. And they realize very quickly that they're married in that universe. <laughs> and they had two children Whoa. in that universe, uh, a girl named Charlotte and a boy named Max. Aww. And both of them are, they have spider powers as well. Ooh, These adorable children. That's they're like, sick. I know it's pretty cool. So they're like a spider family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I think spider ham was with them, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it didn't, it didn't go so much further than a couple of story arcs and some really awkward kisses along the way. <laughs> um, they haven't touched it since. So into the spider verse and across the spider verse might be the only actual, place we will see this kind of flourish depends uh-huh. on how things go but uh yeah like we've mentioned throughout this entire episode it is kind of cute it's a little popular yeah a shoulder so shoulder touch yeah um but nothing crazy yeah nothing crazy it. yeah again agreed um yeah there's some characters i don't think need to be romanticized and to be honest gwen is one of them so live your life little lady <laughs> <laughs> and another listener question from andrew frank 17 um he asks what character would you want to see earth 65 so yeah that's an interesting question because like it's again remixed which character would i want to see remixed in in gwen's world huh uh gosh Ooh. That is a tough one. That's a tough one because I was going to say, I was like, you know, like actually Winter Soldier would be really interesting, but there is, I can't remember who Bucky, who Samantha's Bucky is. I know. I think it's because she has one as well and he's kind of a Falcon, uh, but okay. I don't remember what the, I don't remember which kid it was, but I don't know. That's an interesting question because they do cover all the classics, right? Yes. Like there's, there's a supplement for Eddie, Bro- uh, Eddie Brock. There's a supplement for Flash. But other characters, I, I think I'd like to see anybody that wasn't natively Spider-Man. Like anybody that wasn't Spider-Man adjacent. I would agree. Anybody. Yeah. That'd be kind of I weird. agree to that. Or even Guardians of the Galaxy. Can you imagine how much not cooler they might be? I know. <laughs> what if they were completely horrible? 
like, yeah. mean and bad and like or not like fun. Or like Tony Stark, like what if like he he flipped where he was that that like that, yeah. that nice billionaire or whatever yeah. he wants to use his his um his uh creations for for good and yeah flip them and exactly he, and he's like a yeah like a capitalist monopolistic right. like just billionaire that's exactly. just like uh, superior <laughs> superior Iron yeah Man. basically hey yeah uh yeah I, I don't know i don't have a solid answer for you but i hope that suffices and also i would like to see more x-men so so yeah they only bring two x-men in technically uh-huh. wolverine and Shadowcat, who are almost the same. And it's not even Shadowcat. I, was it Shadowcat? It was Shadowcat. I can't remember if it was Laura Kinney or not. But they're very close to their Prime Earth versions. So, I don't know. Earth 65 Gambit? I mean, come on. So, <laughs> this is one that we're going to have fun with. So, the aesthetic. Dude. Dopest aesthetic of all time. Fight me. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> um, so we, we did receive a question about this from Captain Cheese. Hey, Woo. hey, Caesar. Um, does she have different suits like Spidey? If so, do you have a favorite? Uh, she really doesn't. Oh, like, really? She really doesn't. Like that suit is the suit. Like I said, the hoodie is <laughs> it's so dope good. as hell. Yeah, it's so dope. And it was dope to dope to wear. Yeah. Actually. I liked it a lot. I love hoodie life. Um, yeah, like she she's had a couple of costumes, like clearly there's a there's a title called Gwenverse. So you see her as every version of Thor, Captain America, Jessica Jones, whatever. There's a version for every character. But the, when it comes to the character, the prime character that is Spider Gwen, she only has one outfit aside the Gwenham outfit. Uh, and so we'll talk about Gwenham in just a sec, but huh, yeah, I think this white, this white and black get up hands down. Yeah. All time favorite. Um, and, and you know, it indirectly pays homage to the OG Gwen Stacy because, uh, when she was first introduced, you know, like the parts that are pink. Yeah. They were, they were originally and sup- are supposed to be more fuchsia. So it's supposed to be kind of purple. Okay. So if you will think about the composite that is Gwen Stacy 616, green jacket, purple top, black skirt. Uh-huh. And so what they did was took these colors and then threw them onto a spider suit. And it was like, okay, well, what if we tweak the purple a little bit? Yeah. The green is kind of supposed to be like the the the, the light blue webbing. Uh-huh. And then the black is the black skirt. And then the white, if you were to do a color theory on it, is kind of like rejuvenation yeah. rebirth <laughs> innocence sure yeah <laughs> and so we've talked about that a bit and so uh so yeah so it's it's interesting and you know Robbie Robbie has mentioned before too like okay well when they were conceptualizing this design like like i said before you look at the history of spider suits yeah. they all follow a certain like model where it's okay you got to have the big eyes you got to have webbing yeah. It's got to be red. Uh-huh. And so when when they were, or at least when Dan Slott was kind of thinking about, okay, well, in creating Spider-Verse, what if we brought, brought Gwen Stacy back? Okay, let's take a literal version of how she used to look and just put webs on it or something. And and, and Robbie was like, we could do better. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, hold my beer. Yeah. Hold my beer and him. hold my old crow because <laughs> here we go. And so what, what Robbie defines as, as how he designed the suit is that instead of like, say, imagine a web 
and Spider-Man is jumping forward into it. That's how he has the spider on his chest. That's how the webbing kind of goes around the suit. Yeah. In Gwen's case, imagine if the spider comes down instead and drips Whoa. down. And Whoa. so that's kind of how her suit is because on the spider on the back, even if you look at her back. Yeah. So let's pull up this variant again. So if you look at her back, you know, compare it, right? So she has no emblem on the front. Yes. There's no webbing. It's only inside. Yeah. And so if you look at the back, it's like the spider is hugging, hugging. Yes. It's hugging her form. Oh, wow. And that's what makes it so cool and so defined and like so different. Because again, you would never think a white spider. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's weird. Um, but they did it so marvelously. And, and you know, again, kudos to Robbie for... Jesus, dopest, dopest aesthetic <laughs> of all time. <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, other attributes that Gwen has, uh, you know, short hair, headband, shorter cut in volume two. So in the second series of the books, they chopped her hair from the, the chin bob for, for shorter. Uh-huh. She was kind of like pixie cut, like short boy, boy cut. And then it grew again. And then, of course, like in other iterations, again, it's like every every artist draws this character different, right? And so you'll find a majority of people who draw her now draw her as a carbon copy of the original Gwen Stacy. Uh, of course. Which is like, did you do your homework? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm hoping people will remember she's got short hair and now she doesn't really wear the headband anymore. So, so yeah, you know, she's got that incredible aesthetic that they did pull over into uh, the cinematic space and it's pretty much accurate, at least when it comes to the first Into the Spider-Verse aside the ballerina slippers. Um, which apparently now have been exchanged for the proper type of shoe, AKA Chuck Taylor's in the second film. Yeah. So that's, if you know nothing more about her suit, at least know that originally she's supposed to have high top black Chuck Taylor's with teal soles. Oh, I have a pair of those. It's very specific. It's very specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can customize your Chuck Taylors if you go on Nike. Uh, uh, so yeah. I get that sick family discount. Oh wow! Yes. <laughs> so I made I made some custom ones. So I have them. Nice. It's, they're super cool. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to see what how it moves on screen. But they did do something different when it came to the arm pattern. So they've added extra webbing on her wrists. I uh-huh. think. I don't like it. No. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, don't mess with it. Why? 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 <laughs> Just put it back. Put it back to what it used to look like. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I'm open-minded. Uh, actually, I kind of want to, I want them to expand on why she had ballet slippers. Like, aside the end credits where they show her doing, like, ballerina ballet. pose. Yeah. Like, they don't say, they don't say anything. There's not a hint of... I did ballet. Like maybe she like wanted to do it, but just never could do it. Maybe. So she's like, oh, this right. is like reminiscing of like, I wish I could. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so that brings us to our next listener question: Mermaid Mellow, kicks or ballet shoes? That's um, kicks easy, all the way. It kicks a hundred percent. Kicks all the way. Hundo percento, as the cats fight in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like I previously mentioned, Gwenum. Um, so about midway in volume two of spider Gwen, Uh she lost her powers. Um, and a doctor by the name of Elsa Brock, (laughs) I was going to say Braddock. Um, Elsa Brock had been studying, uh, the radioactive isotopes, um, that, you know, that, that, that Cindy moon was dabbling in to, to create this radioactive spider. And so, uh, she ends up helping Gwen 
and attempts to help her revive the powers that she lost through these radioactive isotopes. And in the process, all science dumbed down, she basically made a symbiote. Oh. So that's how it emerges in Earth-65. So it, it's, it's a byproduct of all these scientific experiments it's not an alien from another planet, but it does become sentient in some in some fashion. And so uh, Gwen has since bonded with the symbiote and it fuels her powers and allows her to switch in and out of costumes at will. So in one second, she could be wearing the white outfit. Yeah. And then the minute she wants to or allows it to, she wears that sick black outfit like in the like the action figure has. Um, and I got to say, that costume too is equally incredible it's so good and so i don't know if you've seen a full-fledged photo of it but man oh man um every time i see a cosplayer wearing it i'm just like bro <laughs> it's so cool yeah uh and it's different enough that um here we go here's a no oh, that's not a good picture <laughs> uh no that's not good either man okay no nah, yeah okay i'm gonna stop being picky here oh here's a great one so oh wow so that is insane it's it's pretty insane and so it's very similar to the original where she's got a hoodie but now they've they've conceptualized okay well what if the hoodie was its mouth yeah and then the tongue the tongue goes and accents down the 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 middle of her suit yeah um as you can see here and it's like a wrapping tongue yeah it's so dope that is insane it's super punk that looks super cool though yeah it's cool and so she can now with the symbiote attached to her, she can, it's almost like nanotech. Yes. So it just, it just, yeah, it just forms. Yeah, it just yeah. forms. Um, it's super cool. Uh, and the one thing that is once again, a sample of the earth 616 venom, it does not like loud noises. So if she ever wants to put uh, it at bay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If she ever wants to put it at bay, she can play the drums. She can play loud music. And it It'll drives it crazy. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and stops it. And she can she can take possession of it again, if you will. <laughs> um, and then, of course, another... It's not... Okay. It's not a costume change by any means, uh-huh. but it's definitely a name difference. And so I wanted to... You know, I mentioned this at the top of the show. We know her as Spider-Gwen. We know her sometimes as Spider-Woman, but she has been rebranded as Ghost Spider. Uh-huh. Uh... So the fi- let me just say right up front, the Spider family does not like it. <laughs> we did not vote for that. <laughs> ghost Spider. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't advocate for Ghost Spider. We get why it happened. Because uh, you know, in the long in the long run, if you look at it from a broader view, you're like her name is Spider Gwen. Yes. So wouldn't everybody know that she's Spider Gwen? <laughs> like she's Gwen Stacy. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> And it's kind of funny because you don't really think about it until you think about it. And you're like, oh, but she's Spider-Woman. But yes. she can't be Spider-Woman because there's a Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. Yes. And there's other Spider-Woman. Uh-huh. So how do you differentiate her? Huh. <laughs> and so somewhere down the line, after she gained more popularity, Marvel decided we're going to give her a proper name. Yeah. And so they stuck spaghetti to the wall. She's throwing it. Okay. Pretty up, much. Ghost spider stuck. And I get it. Because she's white, she's kind of spooky. Like a she's Spook- a ghost because yeah. it's like almost like a ghost of the past and yes. Peter Parker's past. But also, so if you you know Leet Speak, are you familiar with Leet Speak? Leet Speak. Yeah, you know when letters and numbers become the same thing. Oh no! So, like, 
for instance, Earth 65, if you were to delete speak 65, that would be GS. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Gwen Stacy. And so with Ghost Spider, they're Uh-oh. importing again. Copy and paste that. Copy and paste it into a different layer. Okay. Ghost Spider. Haha, <laughs> cute, cheeky. Right. Well, you know what? It backfired because nobody calls her Ghost Spider. Yeah. <laughs> they all call her Spider Gwen. Yes. And so, uh, so yeah. So they've kind of brought it right back to where it is. Uh, and you know, you'll see it occasionally. I just got a new bag from my lovely friend Eve, uh, and it's a little backpack and it's spider Gwen, but on the tag, it says go spider. spider. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you see this card, it says go, go spider, spider on the back. Well, it says it on the front too. Just kidding. I thought that says better Gwen, but, uh, she's spider Gwen. So, you know, while her identity was revealed at the tail end of the original run again, she started a new a new life on 616 where they didn't know her as as one and the other. So she can still be secret um, and be Ghost Spider, I guess. I still call her Spider Woman over Ghost Spider, personally. But, yeah. You know, that's just me. So in other versions and in other media, uh, <laughs> we've mentioned a couple of times. She's been in quite a few games, actually. Um, any of the mainstream Marvel games released in the last uh, five years? Uh, she's probably in, except for Marvel vs. Capcom, which would be really cool if she was. Yeah. Like, damn. Um, Marvel Strike Force, uh, Ultimate Alliance, all that stuff, she's in it. She was, however, voiced by a very special and talented voice actor by the name of Ashley Johnson uh. in Marvel Heroes. Ashley Johnson, for those who don't know, is Ellie from The Last of Us. <laughs> so she was Spider-Gwen before anybody else. Yeah, um, she's amazing. She's freaking amazing. Love her to death. Uh, yeah, she only played her on that desktop game. And I, I remember I downloaded that game just to have Gwen. And then I got her and I was like, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this game is kind (laughs) of, um, and then uh, of course in various cartoons, uh, she is, she appears in Marvel rising voiced by Dove Cameron, who is a pretty good candidate. Uh, Ah, yeah. uh, I like Dove a lot. I would more prefer her for traditional six, one, six Gwen Stacy than I would 65. Sure. But you know, not bad. Uh, in in uh, Marvel Rising, there is one notable contrast in that um, Peter Parker does not become the lizard. It is, or or he, I, he the whole story is a little different. Instead, her friend Kevin, 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 like Kevin. some guy named Kevin. <laughs> I was like, what? Why did they? Okay, said screw it. Yeah, <laughs> and the Mary Janes are are in that as well, so that's pretty fun. Um, and then of course Spidey and his amazing friends. If you've not seen that, that's the little Disney Plus show where they're chibi. Yeah, I've definitely seen a couple. It's so cute. Yeah, I have, I have some friends who have kids, and I think they just be playing. It's so cute. And I'm like, oh. it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Gwen there is voiced by Lily San Filippo. Um, super duper cute. I love it. Love it. And then that cartoon is why there's so much more merchandise of her. Like you mm. can walk into Target and there's Gwen stuff yeah. everywhere because of that show. So props to that show. Um, and so uh, yeah, there doesn't really leave much room for any other discussion at at least when it comes to variations. But I will say special shout out to Gwen Pool. And we've mentioned Gwen Pool a couple of times. And so. Um, Basically, what happened was <laughs> Gwen being a variant queen, right? So they really, they, they really capitalized on this character and her ability to sell. So the, the character was a cover star. 
And so what they ended up doing every time they released a major story arc, every time there was a new issue out or a new title, they would make endless variants Mm. featuring Gwen Stacy. Okay. And so before Gwenverse, they released this entire line (laughs) of covers where she was reimagined as different characters. And so they had her as Wolverine. They had her as Captain America. Whoa. They had all the version, 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 version. All the way. Like, I, 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 I swear to you. Again, most comics have variant A and variant B. Yes. That's it. There was a time when I think it was Spider-Gwen number one. So this is when she actually had her official first title. There was like A to W. They Holy. made that many. That is a lot. Broke my bank. Because <laughs> I have every single one. Oh my God. Every single freaking one. Yeah. At least the first run. The first run after that, I kind of was like, sure. Okay. Now you're, now you're just playing with it. I was like, no. And and I passed up because like a lot of them are just kind of cash grabs. It's whatever. But one special character that was among the homage covers was Gwen Poole. And so it featured Gwen Stacy dressed as a version of Deadpool. Whoa. Um, Oh yes. I think I've heard of it. And it's super duper iconic. And, uh, it received such great feedback yeah. that they created a character, an actual character. In the comics. In the comics, after modeled after this character. And so here is the cover. <laughs> oh, man, it's tiny. So Oh, that's hilarious. Gwen, so it, they just basically put Gwen on top of whatever the cover was. Yeah. And so this is the character, right? That's so and funny. This one picture was such a hit that they created the actual character, Gwenpool. Wow. And so she's a real character. Her name is Gwendolyn Poole. That's... And she's actually more of what Emma Myers would look oh, like. Oh, really? Yeah. Because like the little dyed yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, And she's super cute, super kawaii, uh-huh. and she breaks fourth wall all the time. Love that. But she's a little like Ms. Marvel in that she's a super fan of Marvel superheroes. Oh, we love so that. So she talks about them. She's like, I remember that issue when you went and they're like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah. She's like, in 1963, you went on the... <laughs> And they're just like, they're like, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where Jeff the Land Shark comes from. Uh, <laughs> that uh, title. Okay. Yeah, Jeff the Land Shark. So she's super cute. I love her. I used to follow her for a bit, but now it just got out of control. So that's just another version worth mentioning. Yeah. And so um, I'll be frank, I didn't look into Almost Was because I kind of figured Haley Steinfeld had that in the bag, just like she did Kate Bishop. Always. Um, but, you know, Ariel Tima did pose a, a very interesting question. And she asked, do you think she will make an MCU appearance? That is... <laughs> I mean... God, please! It's... Yeah. I hope so. How? I, I mean, because, you know, it's going to be like... It's going to... It's, again, the fact that it's... It deals with Sony. Complicates everything. Honestly, I don't think so. You don't think we will? I don't think we will. Ah, fudgesicles. Because, I mean, <laughs> we're already flooding. Like, we've we've been flooding the MCU already, like, with you know, Spidey. Yeah. You know? And it's like, like, when Tom Holland and Spider-Man came on the scene in 2016, it was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Spider-Man's, you know, because you know, it was such a big thing. Yeah. And then it, it it ran its course with No Way Home. It it kind of reached its peak at No at um No Way Home because mm-hmm. you're like okay. I know some people like don't mind having like Spider Man like just like thrown in their face all the time. Yeah. But 
I mean, you gotta, you gotta like take it back. And now that we're not, we're definitely not gonna have probably a Spider Man in like at least three years, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. Yeah, like it sucks to suck, you know, like because we still gotta introduce X Men and all of that good stuff. So yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hate I hate saying it, but I kind of agree with you. I don't I don't know that we will. Yeah. Uh, and I think I mean. And Spider-Gwen is good enough, like, where she can be introduced on her own. That doesn't need, like, Peter Parker to, like, be introduced. But it's, like... Yeah. I don't see it in their plans. I agree. So. Yeah. Sad. Sad but true. And because she's so good in Into the Spider-Verse, just keep it keep it there. Keep it there. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. She, cause Haley does an amazing job. And, yeah. what, and what they do at the animation studios for that is, mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. You know. I agree man oh man yep um yeah so sadly i think i think that's about right (laughs) uh suggested reading we're already here at the end folks so (laughs) this was tough yet not so tough i mean it's pretty pretty uh lock and key edge of spider-verse number two and the subsequent solo series spider-gwen volumes one and two by jason latour robbie rodriguez and rico renzi um i have a cameo in volume two issue nine um <laughs> which is the one i think i've showed you a few times yeah jeff this oh, yeah. lovely one of me at the concert yes in front of gwen wearing a mary jane's t-shirt so i'm at the top with her has me oh wow <laughs> i i went to a, a convention uh, a galaxy con convention and yes. i happened to make friends with some dude who was buying comics uh-huh. and then he was looking through spider gwen and i was like oh yeah i'm in one of those and he's like really i was like yeah and I showed him which issue, issue to buy. And he bought the issue. He's like, I'm going to come by your table later. I'm going to have you sign. And I was like, ah, that's hilarious. He came by. <laughs> <laughs> we respect <laughs> he, that, man. He came through. He came through and had me sign it. And I was like, all right. It's, Hell it's, yeah. it's your book, man. But I do got to say, before that cameo, I had an, a very interesting cameo. Um, so <laughs> admittedly, they released this. Uh, it, the, the first volume of Spider-Gwen came out. Uh, and the third, the fourth issue, the third issue aligned with April, April Fools. Oh. And so at the end of the issue, <laughs> they decided to kind of prank the audience and they were like, introducing Spider Gwen, man. And they put, oh my a, God. they put a beard on her, right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's just like a funny ha ha. Yeah. This is the actual cover. Yeah, she is yeah. beardless. But, but at the end of every book. There is this neat little nifty, ah, shoot, where is it? This (laughs) nifty little letters to the editor section. Uh Uh-huh. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I might have written a letter in character. Wow. And it got printed. Wow. (laughs) So in issue four, you can see, so they're, they're, quippy tagline was Gwensel's down. Wow. Which is basically pencils down. Yeah. And so if you look here. Uh-huh. I wrote in character a letter to the editor. <laughs> and I put, I put, hey, Spidey Office, nice work on the Beardo Me campaign. Like I mentioned on Twitter, I hope this means there's a possibility for a badass team up or a beard up with Chewbacca and Spider Gwen Man or something. I hear you guys are uh, all pretty tight right about now. Happy Wednesday. April Fools and all that jazz. Your friendly neighborhood Spider Gwen, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I did that. I don't know. It's funny. Why they like they must have received 
thousands of emails and letters and they decided to print that so that's good this is a good one yeah <laughs> like let's do it it's gwen stacy so that's that's my secret cameo um other titles to read uh, i mentioned it briefly before spider gwen annual number one it's basically a collective of stories that go through the course of a week in her shoes um mm-hmm. written and illustrated by many different creators uh definitely check that one out it's great um spider gwen gwenverse and so this is a newer title um it's a five issue limited series from writer tim seeley and artist uh jody nishijima with character design designs by peach momoko um and yeah like i mentioned before you get to see gwen different versions of gwen where she's thor she's captain america she's iron man she's wolverine um they all come together to save the day uh like a little multiverse of their own and then last but not least the 2014 run of amazing spider-man with dan slott and olivier coipel at the helm my favorite spider-man artist uh, this is basically the main source of all the Edge of the Spider-Verse story arc where you're introduced to all of them. Cindy Moon, all of these spiders come through for the very first time in that character arc. Go get it. Go read it. It's great. And with that, that is the end of the show. Whoa. Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen. Yeah, she really is. I have a, you know, after obviously because of End of the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. um, I really do have like, it's kind of like a newfound, like, you know. Like, uh, I love for her. It's like, oh, she's super cool. And then when you, and then obviously, like this episode, like once you get to know, like, yeah, backstory, kind of like, oh wow, super yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Very nuanced. Very. And that's unique. why I have switched over <laughs> from Mary Jane <Yes! laughs> to Gwen Stacy. Hey, <laughs> I've won again. Much yes! more, like, just just much more depth, in my opinion. Of, I agree. Of like backstory. Yeah, I you agree. Know? And you know, like I, I could go about it for days but you know like kind of mentioned in my Argon Stacy episode it's it's kind of like there's so much more to the character both versions certainly this one yeah like this version of the character so so I don't know there's something about her it just again it checks all the boxes it hits all the right beats um she's fantastic absolutely love her so thanks for listening guys Woo. um hope we didn't take too much of your time yeah <laughs> so much more i mean again there's probably going to be another episode at least where we talk about uh, across the spider-verse so stay tuned for more um but our next episode mini marvel number eight yep uh so keep an eye out for that keep your ears open i guess that's better mm-hmm. <laughs> a we are groot salute to katie joe liz andrea nats ariel laura tyler ashley robin claire ed melanie jenny eve the arachnid and andrew Woo! follow us on social at strkcntrst and if you like what you hear review rate and subscribe yes once again thank you all for listening and we will catch you in the next one catch you in the next one bye bye thought I'd never see you again. Want to get out of here? I'm grounded. Bummer. What? Is Spider-Man grounded? <laughs>